all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. What is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode here at the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also you could follow the podcast on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. And today we have a special episode as we have a special guest joining me today. He works with me at Saints News Network as an intern. We've been talking throughout the season, had some fun conversations, so we had to get him on the podcast. Joe McGuan, how you doing, Joe? I'm doing good, Andrew, man. Thank you for having me on this podcast, dude. It's actually uh, my, third, my first podcast appearance, so excited, to all, like always, to talk Saints football and look into the future of um, this team. Yeah, I mean, look, tough season, but I think this team has a ton to talk about this offseason, and Today, specifically, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks, which I think is even more interesting because obviously it's looking like Breeze is going to retire and there's a lot of different avenues this team could go. And we're going to continue here like a positional uh, breakdown where basically all the beginning of the offseason, we're going to break down each position from 2020 and look forward here to this offseason. And we're going to start off with the quarterbacks today. Before we do get into that, I do want to say some quick news here as former Saints QB coach Joe Lombardi is leaving the team to be the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. Uh, Lombardi was also the Lions offensive coordinator for 2014 to 2015. He then returned to the Saints. Um, but Joe, I'm not really worried about about this one really that much. You still have Sean Payton, who I think like any offensive like hire getting taken away, I'm not worried about because you have Sean Payton. And especially on the defensive side, too, I think with uh, Dennis Allen, you're fine there as well. If you can keep the, the coordinators together and then like Ryan Nielsen, you keep him together. I'm not that worried about the Saints coaching staff and also the uh, front office as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree on that one. Sean's an offensive guru, and um, I do, I do believe that Joe Lombardi uh, did have some, um, uh, had a take in Drew Brees' success with the team. But I do think that most of it came from Pete Carmichael and uh, Sean Payton as well. So I'm not too worried. I'm glad we were able to keep Dennis Allen on the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to see. You know, I mean, they should be bringing in somebody soon to fill those roles. So, but. It does look like a changing of the guard. If you ask my opinion with Joe Lombardi leaving, maybe there's some uncertainty at the quarterback position. And now he's with um, the Chargers looking to develop uh, develop Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, like what you said, changing of the guard. I think that's something that's, you know, interesting because you're going to get a new QB and new QB coach. So I think that's something that is definitely interesting when looking at these Saints quarterbacks. And look, I feel like I'm not worried just because you have Sean Payton, have Dennis Allen. Also, Ryan Nielsen, he stays, as as I said before, and front office. Like, I'm, That's something like I think a lot of people are talking about and a lot of people are kind of overreacting about. Uh, but I feel like this coaching staff, it's been good for a long time. And when that happens, you're going to get other teams trying to poach guys away. Uh, but I feel like right now it seems like also Kai Hartley, the Saints, as I like to call him, the cap god is going to be staying <laughs> with the team as well. So yeah, I'm very happy with all that. And uh, like that's something I think we're not going to have to worry about as much this year, maybe next year. But just wanted to quickly touch upon that, that he is leaving and the Saints will look for a new QB coach. But as you said, I think Sean Payton will fill that role nicely. And like even when Lombardi left, it's not like the Saints really saw a dip in the offense. I mean, Breeze was just as good. Uh, to me, it's going to be... Uh, something I feel like not the coaching side, it's going to be more on the personnel side. 
And that's really what I want to jump into here. Now, recapping the 2020 quarterback group, and obviously it's headlined by Drew Brees this season. Again, over 70% completions with 70, 70 and a half, almost 300 yards in 12 games. He actually had 245 yards per game, 24 touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, you know, he was to me solid this year. I think this was the first year for me, at least, that you saw a slight decline in Brees. And I, and, I, and I think that even though I feel like his arm was declining over 2017, 2018, 2019, the stats were all still there because he had enough to basically overcome that. This year, I thought also with the injuries as well, probably had something to do with it. You did see, you know, something leveled down for Brees, but still I think he was around top 10. But that's just kind of what my thoughts were. I mean, in the end, the playoff game kills him and he has the three interceptions. But I thought this year feels like a final one for Breeze, I think, because I don't want to see him fall off the cliff next year, which would be the next step in that downward progression. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking about him. Um, Definitely, it's going to be sad to see him go. But, I mean, in his last season, if this is your last season, I think that's pretty good, right? I would have to agree. Uh, Drew Brees did have, you know, the, if the injury didn't come along, you know, there's there's potential for uh, four more games. You know, he would, maybe we maybe the Saints wouldn't have lost to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, um, you know, uh, but I do think only having six in, six interceptions on the season, especially when he came back from, uh, you know, his cracked rib situation and his and uh, his lungs. Um, I think that's pretty good, you know, but I actually did a little bit more in-depth research. And if you look at the advanced throwing of Drew Brees' statistics this year, 81% of, uh, 81% of his throws, uh, uh, like average, like 308 passes this year were on target to every receiver or running back he threw to. And only 50 of his, uh, 50 of his throws were bad or considered a bad throw. And, um, that was accounted for 13% of, uh, 13% of his throws. So, you know, it's still, you know, like you said, he still the 71.5 PFF grade, which is solid. Um, but you know, he was still at, as accurate as ever uh i think he finished the season if i'm not mistaken with a 70 a little higher than a 70 percent completion rate which yeah yeah, 70 and a half which he which he does every year um yeah you could tell you can tell um he just didn't look too good especially in that playoff game you can't win a playoff game with three turnovers especially when you're going against tom brady of all people um but yeah i mean it sucks to see it sucks to see it you know we all i mean for the last couple years myself included you know, I would deny, you know, Breeze um, declining. You know, I would be like, no, it's not, it's not. You know, he still gets those passes off. He's still got quick releases. You know, he's still got the ball released with under probably three seconds on average, you know. But um, I think, you know, long term, I just think that those ribs, um, it, it takes a longer time to heal. And I just don't see, I just don't see how he can come back. So, like, next year, just an injury, if we're talking just the injury, you know, um, I just yeah. don't know if he'll still be full health. So, I do, yeah. I don't want him to. I'd rather end him. I'd rather him end on a higher note, like you said, than a lower note. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. And just you know, you look at his season. I feel like he was still around number ten. I'd feel for the best quarterbacks in the league. I think he was right there. I think you could have still won with him. You know, and that's something that I was just disappointed in because the last time he threw three interceptions was twenty sixteen. So again, I feel like you know those types of games don't usually happen with Breeze, and he runs into one at the worst time in his last game. That's just to me disappointing, and that's something that I didn't think was going to happen. And that's why I thought this Saints team had a chance to definitely make a good run at it because I thought the defense was good enough. And I thought you brought up a really good point if you said those the crack ribs never happened, or maybe if they happened a little earlier in the season, he would have time and the team would have time to get back into sync. But it was just it got to a point where this offense never hit its potential, which you know is disappointing. But I feel like it's something that you know you look at the Saints team 
and um, it's something they didn't get done in the end. And that's just kind of what I'm looking at, Breeze. But overall, I mean, you know, we've been talking about him over these last few episodes and just all his great statistics, what his, what he meant to New Orleans, what he's meant to me personally. Like, I would not be doing this podcast. <laughs> Joe, I don't know if you've been here, um, you know, as well, just being a Saints fan if it wasn't for Drew Brees. Uh, so that's kind of the impact that he's had. It just stinks that this is his last year. Yeah, um, I've been a fan since uh, he came along back in, I think I was 11 years old when he came to the Saints and, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's really hard to find a quarter uh, a franchise quarterback. You could see how many teams struggle year in and year out to find that that one guy to lead the offense and to actually have success and have successful seasons. You know, some Saints fans might be like, you know, our goal is to win a Super Bowl. Which yeah, that's everybody's uh, everybody's goal. You know, everybody's view is to that we want our team to win a Super Bowl. But at the same time, if you look at the uh, past, you know, fifteen seasons, the, especially in the last decade, the Saints have had a hundred wins. You know, they were a hundred win team. They've had multiple winning seasons, and you know, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the year, you know, the goal is to win a Super Bowl. And some people might think it's a failure if you don't reach it, but you know, I mean, winning NFC South titles is the first goal. It's the smaller goal. It's the smaller it's a smaller win that you need to. We should look to acquire. So, uh, like you said, you know, it's it's just uh, Drew. Just it was a tough game. Um, it was tough to see him play like that. But at the same time, you know, I. I would rather see. I would have rather seen uh, our defense give uh, let Drew down than Drew let himself down. You know, um, but there's not much we can do there. You know, I mean, whatever his decision is, I hope you know. I hope he thinks uh, long and hard about it. You know, and makes sure it's the right decision. And you know, I don't think he's the type of person that would force himself to come back. You know, if he if he can't play, like he said, like he kept himself uh, out of the the San Francisco game. You know, he told he told us or in the press conference he said. You know, he's not the type of person that if he can't play, he'll own up to it. You know, he's not going to put his team in jeopardy. So I don't think he'll force a comeback if it's not if it's not wanted, you know. No, yeah, for sure. And just one quick point I want to make is that you talk about the, the NFC South titles. I mean, you talk about teams like the Jets or a team like the Dolphins. They haven't won division titles for years like 20 years I'm talking about. So winning four straight is something that's, you know, really impressive, even though it didn't end in a Super Bowl, which, look, I feel like we all would hope that. I mean, I think the Saints had the most wins, like 45-plus wins without winning a Super Bowl in the last four years, which has never happened before. That's just like the luck I feel like that this team had. And now what you're going to have to do is try to expand that and now keep it to five years now, five-year run, six-year run. And they're going to have to do that by, you know, creating this gap here. Like you said, not every team finds a quarterback. Now the Saints are going to have to find another franchise guy. And that brings me to another Saints player that started here in this 2020 season, Taysom Hill. And such a polarizing player, in my opinion. You know, you have the people that love Taysom. You have the people that (laughs) dislike Taysom. I'm somewhere in the middle right now. I mean, again, I feel like you look at Hill's stats. I mean, he did complete 73% of his passes, almost had 1,000 yards passing in those three – in those four games, excuse me. He had the four touchdowns, two interceptions – Passer rating was 98.8, which isn't too bad as well. And he was able to rush for four TDs. The fumbling, I think, is the issue. The refumbles, uh, fumbles lost in those four games, plus the two picks. Then you're starting to get into some bad territory there. And then just looking at DVOA, which is basically measures efficiency at the quarterback position. Right now, it's not looking too good for Taysom. I mean, basically, it averages him out between Cam Newton and Daniel Jones, which is not the best company to be a part of. But Taysom is he's an interesting guy, and I think the question is with him, can he progress further? Because, you know, you have guys, you have coaches saying it, you have analysts like Nick Underhill saying it. He's gotten so much better from his time at BYU to now. 
But to me, that's not good enough to be a franchise guy. The question is, can he progress further? What do you think? You know what? Um, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of it. You know, I do love Taysom as a player, as an athlete. You know, anybody could love that dude. You know, he does everything and anything you can ask him to do on the field. As a quarterback, um, uh, as a quarterback, you know, you can't really define somebody in four games as a quarterback, especially with what Taysom Hill did, you know, given that we played the Broncos without a quarter, they didn't even have a, a, a quarterback on the field technically. Um, so it was, it, Taysom didn't really have to compete too much in that game, but you know, at the end of the day, four, four games isn't enough to define a franchise quarterback. I, I'm sorry for the people out there that really do love Taysom or really hate Taysom, but you know, um, in my opinion, uh, I think he, there's room for improvement. There's always room for improvement. Uh, like you said, he only had uh, – he had four passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns with two interceptions. The thing that I want to point out, you did say three fumbles lost, but he actually fumbled six times and only three of them were – three were lost. So we were fortunate enough to get three of those back that could easily resulted that could easily resulted in six fumbles uh, total. Um, as for the as for the deep arm, uh, the deep throws, you know, there he made a couple. He made uh, some were a little bit underthrown, but some were uh, some were on target. Um, you could say that he does love Mike Thomas, so if he did play, you know, he'd probably get Mike Thomas involved a lot. But what ner- what makes me nervous is that he totally Alvin Kamara is gone. Like he's yeah. he's not a part of it. You know, he's not a part of the passing game, and uh, uh, that's not. I mean, when you have a player like Alvin Kamara, you need to use him as much as you can, and. Um, I don't think Taysom Hill did it uh, did it that well because, you know, he's a rushing quarterback. He moves out of the pocket. Um, so if, if Alvin Kamara is doing a swing on the right side of the field and Taysom running to the left, there's no way he's going to hit that. You know, um, but I do think he I do think he can improve. Um, but I just uh, to be honest, I just don't know if Taysom Hill is uh, the answer, the Saints' answer to the quarterback position in the coming year. Yeah, I mean the thing with Taysom, I think you bring up a great point about him with Kamara. And I said earlier, I think two episodes ago, right after, or uh, maybe it was the last episode, I forgot which one I said it, but I said the next Saints quarterback has to be able to use Alvin Kamara's best, best strengths. We saw Drew Brees can do that really well. And like, I feel like if Brees was the quarterback for all 16 games, Alvin Kamara has over 2,000 scrimmage yards. He probably has more than 21 touchdowns, which was just insane. Like he puts up 21 touchdowns with Taysom Hill with four of those starts, which just shows you how good Alvin Kamara is. Now you said he does use Michael Thomas, but... I feel like a lot of QBs will use Michael Thomas, especially yeah. in a new one for the Saints. That's just how good he is. And I feel like next year, Thomas is going to have a huge year, just like Kamara did after the injury. I think Mike Thomas may have a very similar one. And, you know, you see uh, Carlton Davis for the Bucks, who were going to the Super Bowl. He was chirping at him all day, which is oh, something yeah. that I think is – you don't want to do that to Michael Thomas. And, like, I know Davis got uh, Thomas this season, but – I, I wouldn't poke the bear in that situation if I was Carlton Davis, just how good Michael Thomas is. And we've seen him. And I feel like, again, that's something that I wouldn't do as a cornerback, but to each his own, but back to Taysom Hill, I, he's just, he's a guy that with Hill to me, where he has to get better is really reading the zones, which breeze is so good at. And it's funny because the box, the, the way you beat breeze is that man coverage that let's condense everything. Let's try, you know, to get the Saints receivers to beat us deep. Let's challenge them. And it's almost the opposite with Hill. Like he's a great man to man thrower. Like he's good to fit in, fit in, in certain places. And you saw he was able to hit Michael Thomas in man, but once it turned to zone, which for breeze, he can pick apart zone. Taysom was missing it. And I think that's something that 
it depends what he can do now. Can he finally crack the code of zone? Can he be able to read that? Or is he a guy that's just going to max out? And he's over 30 years old. And at this point, it's just, it's something that you're going to see this year. And I feel like you're going to bring him in probably for a QB competition, which a guy we're going to talk about next with James Winston. But that's something that I think that's the biggest kind of dynamic between Taysom Hill right now. Uh, absolutely. Um, so I actually, I actually played quarterback um, in high school. Um, I started for my uh, uh, alma mater. Um, you know, and one of the things I had to do is read coverages and read zone. And the thing I think, you know, I can kind of relate, you know, I'm not, obviously not in the pro level, but <laughs> I do think that um, when reading zones um, in zone coverage for Taysom Hill, I do think that his biggest, maybe his biggest uh, uh, threat is not reading, not pro- progressing through his reads. I do think that he, uh, he might look one to two, but then totally, you know, uh, his next instinct is to run the Yeah, to run the football, you know, and he has to be able to read his, uh, uh, progress through his reads, you know, because sometimes the third or fourth option is open, you know, the third or fourth option is your savior or gets that first down that you need or gets those three extra yards because, you know, every yard does, does ultimately count in a football game. But yeah, I think his struggling of running first, I think that might have his mindset is, you know, like if it's not there, run the football. I do think Taysom should work on when, – when reading the zones, I do think uh, pocket passing. Um, see if he can stay in the pocket a little bit longer. Force himself to stay in the pocket. Force himself to step up and make the throw. And, you know, running is your last option. But fortunate enough, you know, Taysom Hill can run the football. You know, yeah. you now you see a lot of people in the NFL, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that um, run the football and can get out of the pocket. That's, you know, that's huge. Um, some defenses can't stop that. You know, some defenses struggle against a run, a run quarterback and – Taysom Hill has both those. Taysom Hill has a lot of skills, but whether Taysom Hill is the quarterback of the Saints or not, I would still like to see him on the Saints. You know, he he does bring value where it's needed, especially not in the quarterback position, receiver, screens, uh, special teams, anything like that, you know, he can contribute. So if it's not him, you know, I do think he still brings more to the team than people realize. Yeah, he does. I mean, you saw it in the playoff game when he missed also short yardage now. I don't know how much that's going to matter with a new quarterback. Maybe that was just with Breeze that he was kind of using the short yardage. I mean, I think if it was another quarterback, he would still. But, yeah, I mean, Taysom right now, going through reads, he takes way too much time. And he double pumps, triple pumps. Like you saw, on, he got the, uh, the forced fumble against the, um, the first playoff game against the Bears. I mean, that he took forever. And Deontay Harris just cooked that, that cornerback. He, threw, he could have threw away earlier. And I think you said it before, how he underthrows some deep balls. He does it because he doesn't read it fast enough. And when your timing's off a little bit, it's not because his arm isn't good enough. Like his arm is a cannon, but just because he's not reading it fast enough, the ball's just a little behind. And that's something that he'll have to work on now. Look, if this is a rookie 23-year-old, you'd be like, oh, this is pretty good for his first four starts. But he's 30. That's something that I think is interesting. I think you're going to see it all this year because – if Sean Payton thinks that he's the guy, you can put a full offense around him. You could, you know, use his running to his best ability. You can maybe run a read option type offense, which I would do with Taysom Hill. Cause you look, his best weapons running. I, I think we could all agree with that, that, you know, once he gets in space, once he gets going, gets, gets the, those legs turning, he's really unstoppable. I mean, you see him running over guys, running over linebackers, running over safeties. And it's really fun to watch, but I don't know. We'll have to see. And and that's something that I think we'll figure out this year. And I feel like now we're going to move over to Jameis Winston, another question mark. And we'll, it's it's, it's funny what the saints can do. And we'll talk about it um, after the break when we get into what they can do next season. Will they bring in two question marks with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, or will they go for a more sure surefire thing, but going into Winston, I mean, 
he's a guy that didn't really play this year. Uh, he's a guy that you, you saw the deep pass, pass in the playoffs. But besides that, you didn't really see much. You saw the half game against the 49ers, but I, I wouldn't hold that against him in any way. Coming in mid-game, you know, as like a relief pitcher almost in like, you know, kind of using the baseball um, comparison, you can't really do that unless you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, who just seems to be amazing at it. So, um, you know, I feel like you, you leave that to Winston. So he really, you really, really didn't get to see much of him. And the thing is, did he progress past the 30 turnovers? That's the thing. Did he progress past throwing interceptions that are just things that are easy mistakes that you can fix, but can he get over those? I think that's something uh, Does champagne have the confidence in him. Does he have the confidence in himself to do that? Um, really, Joe, would you bring him back next year? Would you try to bring in someone else? I mean, do you feel like he did progress past the 30 interceptions? Ultimately, um, it's hard It's hard to define Jameis Winston after his last season with the Bucks. You know, he did come to the Saints. Um, he did work out with Breeze and the quarterback room in, um, in, in the Saints. But um, – it's hard, you know. Uh, it sounds like Champagne likes him, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be brutally honest with because I know a lot of people out there don't like Jameis Winston or don't think he's the answer. Or the interceptions is a huge problem, and it's the biggest problem he may have. Um, Thirty interceptions is not is not okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's it's hard to win, even have a successful season with thirty turnovers like that, you know. And that's just interceptions alone. But I don't think him passing for five thousand yards was a lucky thing. I don't think it was a coincidence. I don't think anything of that. He had talent on his receiving core with Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. Um, given that the Bucks, you know, if you look back at some of their games back in the final season, you know, he, they were trailing a lot. They were in blow, they were in blowout games multiple times. So Jameis had to use his arm, but from my point of view, that's good. You know, you want, you want a quarterback that can use his arm and throw deep as, as you saw in the Bucks game, you know, he went in for one play. He executed that pass perfectly. It was a perfectly thrown football, right, to, to Traquan Smith. Um, and, you know, I do think Jameis Winston, I do think the Saints bring him back, you know. I don't know if they're going to start him. I don't know if they're going to move him and Taysom um, in and out of the position or who starts the season or, you know, that's a lot to talk about. You know, I know Taysom did get the four games uh, when, Drew, uh, when Drew was injured. So maybe it's Winston's turn to go first and see what he has, you know. But or maybe it's training camp that decides it. You know, it looks like the coaches are, would know better at this point in time, just because they've seen him practice. We haven't seen him play. But um, like I said, five thousand yards—that's that's an achievement. I, what is it like? Twelve quarterbacks or there's only been twelve times, and Breeze holds like four five of them, I believe. Five of them. Five of them. Five. And um, you know, it's it's a hard milestone to reach. Um, and you know, you know, you don't do that by just luck. So I do think the talent's there. I do think. He's a work in progress, and um, I mean, if it's if it's Jameis Winston, I would be excited. I would be excited if he can get it together because you know he's already in house. Depending on the contract situation, I don't think he'd cost too much, you know. And I do think that Sean Payton had a strategy when starting Taysom over Jameis on those four games. I think that if he starts Jameis and Jameis does well, he leaves, and we're stuck. We're, it's not like we're stuck with Jameis, or you have uh, to pay him a lot. Yes, yes, correct. <laughs> You know, somebody takes him or you pay him a lot. That, that's, you know, there was there might have been strategy behind it. But I do think Jameis has it in him. But like I said, you know, um, I haven't seen uh, – we haven't seen anything really that says, like, this is this is the guy of the future. Yeah, I mean, Tom Payton will know that. He saw him in the practices. But even though, I mean, I feel like you see something different when he's playing live games. You just do, in my opinion. And it'll be interesting. Like, you have the 70 starts that you've seen with Jameis. I mean, he started – you know, a ton. I mean, you see he has the arm. He has the arm talent. And that's something that I'd rather see him start just right now. I mean, look, I'm not in the 
the, the room and it's, it's really nothing against Taysom Hill. Maybe he's gotten a lot better. And then I guess I would start Hill, but right now I see like under like under this team, I think Hill can go like 10 and six fringe playoff team. You make the playoffs, you lose in the first round and everyone's like, Oh, you're good enough to make the playoffs. You're still good enough with Hill. And they sign Hill to a long-term deal. But does he have the goods to win a Super Bowl? Right now, I'm not really sold on that. Winston, I think it's boom or bust. He could come in here. He is the arm talent to make any throw. Mm-hmm. And when you when you have a quarterback that can do that, you look at like the four quarterbacks that were in the conference championship. You had yeah. Brady, really solid. We know about him. I don't think he's top five, but I think he's right there. Aaron Rodgers, MVP of the league. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, just ungodly good. And Josh Allen, who's got one heck of a gunslinger arm and had an amazing year in his own right this year. I think James has the arm strength to be with those guys. I think he can make the throws that those guys can make. I think he has the arm talent. And now you just have to fix the other stuff, which is hard to do. And not everyone can do that. And that's why there's only like five great QBs right now that are just elite. And that's something that I think James, though, he has that potential. He was the first overall pick. And that's something that I would like to see him in a Saints uniform and I feel like his his contract this year should be something similar to when Teddy Bridgewater signed back with the Saints. And I think that's something that you could definitely use as kind of a barrier or something you can use as um, a comparison. And that's something that I think one year, eight to 10, eight to 12 million, whatever it may be, I think that the Saints would definitely do that. I think Winston would do that knowing that he can compete for the job. And again, after only getting 1 million this year, I don't know if anyone's paying Jameis Winston 20 million dollars I just don't see it right now Um, but it's going to be interesting to him because I I think he has all the talent in the world can Sean Payton use everything and you know bring his talent together and basically keep the Saints to being that top Super Bowl edge team because the team should be at least next year pretty solid around whoever the quarterback is and you're going to see you know if this team's still a playoff team you definitely are like okay this is probably our QB of the future and I feel like if Winston's not good then the Saints will go like six and 10, and then you're in position to draft a QB, which I think would be fine with the Saints as well. Uh, do you agree with that? <laughs> no, I do. I totally agree with that. Um, I, I, you know, there's, that's, you know, that next year to me, you know, it looks like it's going to become not, I wouldn't say lack for lack of a better word, tryout year, you know, like a, a year that's going to uh, have a lot of question marks and a year that's going to have fill in the blanks and just to see where this team can perform. It starts with the quarterback position, like we've been talking about, you know. Um, and I do think Jameis Winston, it's it's hard, you know. It's hard to fix. It's hard for people to change, you know. It's hard for people to fix. But if Jameis Winston can fix his accuracy problem, I do think, I then I think it's a, then it's a boom, you know. He he's not a bust, and I do think you know the Saints eventually sign him to a longer term contract. We get a first round pick. Three, uh, we get a, fir- a former first round pick, you know, uh, for cheaper than what he probably would have been signed for if the Bucks never cut him. Um, but I have to ask your opinion. Um, it seems like you're in the middle of them, but I want to see if maybe if you have an opinion on it, but if you had to go into next season, let's say I'll say contract stuff aside, you know, money stuff aside, uh, based on talent and based on what you've possibly seen in the last year or two, uh, who do you go with? Who do you, who do you start on day one? Uh, I go, if the, what I've seen, I I'd rather see Winston back there. As I said, I, I'd rather, I want to see what I, I see Hill and I trust Sean Payton though. Like that's something that, like, if he starts with Hill, I'd be like, okay, like, that's great. Like, my opinion means nothing. At the end of the day, Sean Payton, <laughs> yeah. I think, knows the most. And, like, I, I think the thing with Hill is if he can continue to progress with the zones, with, you know, throwing the deep ball um, a, a little quicker, not double, triple hitching, throwing better on the run. If he can get those things better, I think he definitely has a lot of potential. 
But I, I think Winston, you just look at the arm and you look at some of these throws that he made and you're like, I see the potential of him being a top five guy. Like, I see it. It's in him. You just got to somehow get it out of him. Mm-hmm. And what better guy to do that than with Sean Payton? And to me, that's something that I, I feel like I, I want to see for my own eyes. Now, and I know Sean Payton's probably seen it in practice, but I want to see it for my own eyes to see what he can do. And if this team, it blows up next year and they go five and 11, six and 10. Yeah, it would stink. I mean, look, I mean, this team is just 12 and four. If they went six and 10, that would be awful. Yeah. But at the end of the day, then you have probably like a number 10, maybe even higher draft pick. And then maybe you could pick your quarterback then through the draft, kind of the more conventional way, but you got to give Winston a go. And I feel like if Hill, if he progresses, you give him a go. But I feel like right now what I saw from Hill from those four games, I'd rather see what Winston's got, especially after seeing Winston for five years in a Bucks uniform. And he, he's had right. some really solid games. You said he threw for 5,000 yards. So that's definitely something that is definitely interesting there. So before we continue to look forward to 2021, we're going to not just talk about Hill and Winston. There are a lot of interesting now out-of-team options, and I think some of these are just really interesting, especially with the whole the Matthew Stafford news, and that's someone that I'm very intrigued in. But uh, before we do that, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. I'm joined by Joe McGuan, who works with me over at Saints News Network. And now we're going to get into our 2021 options for the Saints. Looking forward, we looked back on the 2020 season, looked at Breeze, looked at Taysom Hill, looked at Jameis Winston. Now we're going to look here to 2021. Before the break, we talked about out of Hill and Winston, who are we going to go with? And to me, the potential with Winston's just it's too much right now. And I, w- I would like to see how the, the training camp goes and um, preseason as well, if they have that next season. But now I, d- I do want to look at more out of team options here and starting off with someone that I'm just very enamored by for the Saints, And that's Matt Stafford. And Matt Stafford's a guy that played for the lions for a very long time. As we all know, he's a guy that last season over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, um, 96.3 passer rating, 80 PFF grade, 82 PFF grade. Um, He's a guy that um, DVOA right between Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. So that's obviously pretty good company in my opinion. And Stafford's a guy that he was just playing for an awful franchise in my opinion. And no offense to Detroit, but they didn't put anything around him. Stafford's got a hell of an arm and he's a guy that's a great leader. And he, like his arm, everyone's talking about Breeze's arm and it's a liability. Stafford's arm's not a liability. He's a guy that also understands the quarterback position, a veteran, 32 years old, and his cap hit isn't that high. Next season, the Saints would only have to pay $20 million in his cap to go and get him if they trade it for him. I think the thing that everyone's talking about, do you want to give up the first-round picks to go get him? I say definitely, because if they keep somehow get Stafford, I would probably restructure his cap hit, because you're going to have to do that here. The Saints obviously aren't in the best cap situations but if you can restructure it bring back the current team to most if you could bring back most of these guys probably outside of either Trey Hendrickson or whoever ends up being if you could bring the most of this team back you know I feel like you bring back a lot of the starters you have your stars still for sure still have everyone like Thomas Kamara all those guys the defensive players Davis Jordan to me you definitely have to resign Lattimore hopefully resign Marcus Williams as well Um, if you could bring back that team I think Matthew Stafford makes his team a Super Bowl caliber team and he extends your Super Bowl window at least two more years. Yeah, I I, I think Stafford's an elite talent, you know. Um he's in his thirties, uh, but I do think he still has it, you know, he can sling the football. He can even get out of the pocket. Um he he can move, you know. 
like you said, um, no offense to Detroit, but you know, it's there. They just wasted his years, wasted uh, the majority of um, his years. You know, they didn't surround him with the team he needed to win. Um, and even then, you know, um, I do see, I do think a first round pick is reasonable for Matthew Stafford. Um, and I wouldn't mind the saints giving up for it, uh, giving up a first round pick to get him, you know, cause at the end of the day, that's our biggest question mark going into 2021 is the quarterback position. And Matthew Stafford fits that role really well. Uh, same agent, same good friends with Drew Brees. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he has a um, somewhat connection of, uh, um, with Sean Payne and, uh, you know, um, Dan Campbell said he owes Sean Payne. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully if uh, uh, Dan Campbell's out there, um, you know, he can uh, help us get that maybe for a cheaper price, you know, help out his former team that um, ultimately helped him get to where he's at now. But no, um, I do like Matthew Stafford as an option. Um, I do like him. I mean, if you had a, if you, if you had a lineup, Matthew Stafford and the rest of the free agents that we're going to talk about here in a moment, I do go with Matthew Stafford. You know, I do think he's the cheaper option, but he still has the talent of to be a top quarterback in the NFL at some point, you know, um, you just got to surround him with an, uh, first of all, an offensive line and the saints have that and an off, uh, offensive weapons, you know, but do I, I like Matthew Stafford. I like him as an option, but how do you think Jameis and Taysom would feel bringing in Matt Stafford? You think uh, Jameis leaves, you would lose that potential talent. Jameis wouldn't come back, but I, at that point I, I'd rather have Stafford than Jameis. That's just the way it is right now. And Jameis is still on unknown. I said I'd rather start Jameis. And I said all that great stuff about Jameis, but I'd still rather have Matthew Stafford because he's the known. He's going to come up in here. He's going to throw for 4,000 yards plus. He's going to throw probably 30 touchdowns. The picks won't be that high as well. And he's a guy that's not too old. He's right in the middle of his prime. He understands defenses. Like He's going to be able to get it to Michael Thomas. He's going to be able to get it to Alvin Kamara. I think they should work well you know, too. And that's something that for me, I think Stafford's a perfect fit for this team. Also, the cap it isn't too high. Like $20 million, I feel like for a quarterback, I mean, we're talking about Dak Prescott this offseason getting upwards of $30, 35000000 million. And yeah. I feel like Stafford's better than Dak Prescott right now. Um, and, you know, just look, look at year over year, I feel like maybe Dak has more potential. But I feel like if you just want to say who's going to be better in 2021, I think you're going to say Stafford. And honestly, I just want to see Stafford on – a good team and I would like to see him on the Saints I, I always thought he had a ton of potential and he's a guy that I feel like just never got a fair shot in Detroit I mean they never put enough around him and then even when they were starting to put something around him they'd like bulldoze it and do what yeah. Matt Patricia did and just ruin ruin the team so again I feel like when you look at Stafford he's a guy that I would like to see him in New Orleans I could actually see this trade happening because I don't think he gets more than probably a first. And for the Saints, they may have to give up like a third. But if you give up a first and a third and got Matthew Stafford, um, and maybe if they want to taste some hill, I'd throw him in if possible or whatever it ends up being. I feel like you get a quarterback that brings your Super Bowl window from maybe over to two or three more years at least. That's something that definitely enamors me, just someone that wants to I'd do anything to see the Saints win a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl. And and, and, that, and that's what does it. And again, that's what I think about Stafford. I think you're not going to go up a ton about them. I think the Saints have the ammo to do it. And when you talk about some other guys like Deshaun Watson, I'm not sure if the Saints actually have the ammo to get it done. With Matthew Stafford, they do. Yeah, they do. And that, like I said, I think he's the more affordable free agent. And who knows, maybe Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis work something out to where they don't have to give a first-round pickup for Stafford. And they maybe you can throw a couple twos together um, or even add a couple threes. Or like you said, Taysom, you know, use it as ammo to uh, reel in Stafford. But I do, I, like you pointed out, I do like how 
uh, Stafford would give the Saints a possibility of reopening that window that people supposedly think are, is closed at the moment. Um, but I mean, if the Saints miss out on if the Saints miss out on Stafford, I do think that um, they can keep you know, it open. He would excel. He would excel anywhere else he went as long as he went to a team that took care of him and uh, surrounded the Colts, him. With the Colts are another uh, as well. They're another team. I also saw. Um, I also saw San Francisco as well. Yeah, those um, are all good teams. I feel that he would be able to go in there and I think be really, you know, a solid QB and help them towards the Super Bowl. I, I want I want to be doing that for the Saints, though. And that's something that it's, it's going to be interesting. And, like, I think Winston, like, if he comes in here and Sean Payton, Payton fixes him, then, you know, you have your elongated Super Bowl run here. But, yeah. again, I'd rather have the known guy. Like, if they were able to get Stafford, I think he's a guy that, okay, now we know we're in. With Winston, we're like, uh, I don't know. Like, he could be could be in fully, may not be, just depending on what he does. That's just kind of where I stand at those two guys. Yeah, I would rather have the experience, you know, the experience over, you yeah, know, somebody you have too. to fix. And Stafford has experience. We've seen it year in and year out. Just like Aaron Rodgers said the other day, if, if you, if anybody's seen that uh, clip of him saying that, Stafford is overlooked. Everybody thinks Stafford is at, at the end of his career or just not a good quarterback because of where he plays. It's the, co- the past coaches he's had and all that goes into it. You know, Stafford is a very overlooked quarterback. What is he, 32? I think it is. Yeah, 32. 32. 32. Yeah, so he's still young. He still has multiple years left. Um, but I would take, I would 100% take that chance of bringing Stafford in um, rather than uh, taking my chance with developing Winston because Stafford gives you guaranteed, you know, maybe, maybe, he, maybe he's another Breeze and Brady. He wants to play until he's over 40. So that gives the, the Saints multiple years if they do cont- able to tr- uh, get him and contain him um, with New Orleans. But I feel like if, they've got to, if they're going to make that call, they should make it soon because um, – once he's gone, it's between Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson for experience in the league, and I just don't see the Saints getting either of those guys. I was just going to bring those guys up, and I, like I know everyone's talking about it on Twitter. That's why I wanted to bring it up in the episode. I just don't think either are happening. I mean, first of all, I don't think the Packers trade Rodgers, so we can just stop that right now. I mean, Rodgers is that good. We all know how good Rodgers is, but the Saints aren't getting him. I would probably trade everything to get Aaron Some people don't like Aaron Rodgers. Which I mean, I don't under, like. He's an MVP guy. If you could bring an MVP type quarterback on this team, I mean, that's got the limit. So I mean, h- however the Saints could get that done, like they they would be the to me if they got Rodgers, they'd be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think if they got Watson, they'd be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And to me, the thing about with Watson, first of all, he doesn't really want to go to the Saints. Um, his top two teams are the the Dolphins and Jets, and the Saints just don't have enough to get it done. I mean, he's going to cost probably three, two to three first round picks plus easily that it's just the Saints don't have that. And you're talking about teams with the Jets and Dolphins who have two first-round picks this year. Those are two teams that have the ammo to do it. The Saints just don't. And the Saints would have to turn on to players. And, like, would you trade Lattimore? Would you trade Ramchek? Would you have to maybe trade both? And and that's something that would you do that? And knowing in the back of your head that the Jets could always one-up you, the Dolphins could always one-up you, that's something that I wouldn't do and I wouldn't even get into. I'd be like, okay, those teams, they're going to be busy with Watson. They're going to be busy maybe trying to pry away Rodgers or whatever, even though there was a report today that said he's not leaving. But maybe teams will do that and the Saints could find Matthew Stafford there, get him for a first and a third, which the Saints can do. And the interesting thing about Stafford, to bring him up just one more time, I think that every team in the league has enough ammo to get Stafford. It's now the willingness to do that. And I, I feel like the Saints could be one of those teams, especially you don't really have a quarterback on the roster right now, or, or at least you, you don't have um, a full solidified quarterback on the roster. You would say, 
let's see what they would do. Would they take a first and a third? Like if I'm the Saints, a first and a third for Matthew Stafford, I do. And I mean, I probably even do two thirds and a first. And like, again, if if I told you, just look at like, if I'm giving up Cesar Ruiz right now for Matthew Stafford, I think we'd all say you do that. Marcus Davenport and Cesar Ruiz, you do that. Um, But that's something that I think is really interesting when looking at it. And I don't know. I feel like right now it's either Stafford or you go back to Winston. And I feel like that you can do that now because I think Stafford, he's probably going to get traded within the next month before free agency. So if you miss out on Stafford, then you see Winston just sitting there. But that's that's to me what the Saints plan should be. Um, I do think that the Saints should aim for Stafford first. Um, if they're thinking about it, they should call soon and see maybe what it costs. And then, yeah, um, if not, then go to – Go back to Jameis. I do think that Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is going to cost an arm and a leg, to be honest. Like you said, three first-round picks. I can totally see that happening. And when you give up three first-round picks and maybe maybe an extra pick or two or players or something like that, then you start to – I, I personally feel then you start to jeopardize your future. You start to jeopardize the future picks like you need to. Like, um, for example, I think it was the Rams back in 2017. I, if the Rams traded a couple first-round picks to get to Ramsey. Rams and win. Yeah, 2018, and then you know they they couldn't they didn't have a first round pick for two years, and they had to deal with it, and you know just rebuild with uh, farther draft picks. And, uh, I think it's 2019. Free. Yeah, I think they got a mid year 20 2019 because they went to the Super Bowl against the Saints. Obviously, that that game, I don't think they had. I think they had Peters in that in that game as their number one yeah. corner, and then they did the swap because Peters went to Baltimore, and then Ramsey went oh, to the, right. to the Rams. But uh, you know, aside, you're you're still right. I mean. I, I feel like draft picks, you can't just give away five draft picks. Maybe you can for Deshaun Watson, but then you're at a point, what if that doesn't work out? You know, and, that, and, and that's something that I, th- I feel like the Saints don't, it's not possible to get Watson because if you're a team like the Jets, they're A, I feel like they, they'd be a team that would go beyond above and beyond to get Deshaun Watson because they haven't had a good QB forever. I mean, basically their, their last great QB was Joe Namath. I, I feel like they would give up probably, obviously not five or anything like that, but they'd give up three first round picks for sure, at least. And probably more. They probably give up Sam Darnold. They probably give everything to get that QB. The Saints, I don't think they're in that position, especially when you have other guys out there. Um, so before we wrap up here, I, I do want to talk about some other free agent options, other draft options, just very quickly. Joe, if you're the Saints, let's say you miss out on Winston somehow. Let's say he goes to another team. At that point, would you look in free agency or the draft? Just f- quick free agency, guys. Trubisky's out there. I wouldn't go after him, but he's an option maybe. Like the Saints do what they did with Winston last year um, with just bringing him in, try to have him as a backup, try to fix him. Uh, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's out there, Andy Dalton. We're talking about some small names, Cam Newton, Jacoby Brissett. Those are guys that are out there. I don't think that the Saints go after him. If you're in the situation without Winston, I feel like at this point, I would try to go draft a QB. Yeah, if Jameis ends up ultimately walking away and if, say, the Saints can't land Stafford, you know, I do think that, I I personally would go draft. You know, I don't I don't really see the talent um, that Trubisky has, or um, maybe as a backup quarterback if they were interested, and maybe they were like, all right, let's bring him in as a backup quarterback just in case we can't land anybody in the draft. Um, but you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, um, has basically had a career. Uh, uh, he's played for multiple different teams. You know, he's you know he's off and on with his talent. Um, but let's say the Jets. Um, get uh Deshaun Watson then I would maybe look into getting uh, uh Darnold there's just so many different ways the Saints can go with it don't see Brissett or Trubisky being the answer or even Foles 
I don't know. I just don't see it. The Bears are in the market for a quarterback, and I'm, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to see who they go after. You know, they might be in the Deshaun Watson play. Like you said, I, I crossed Aaron Rodgers off the board earlier. I don't think he leaves, and no, he wants more money than he's getting. I don't think it's cap space, enough cap space. And what a lot of people don't understand about Deshaun Watson, not only do you have to give up a lot to get him, you have to pay him a lot. Um, and it's gonna, and that's one of the Saints. That's what the Saints don't have. Um, instead of trading picks for a quarterback like Deshaun, maybe you trade up to get a better quarterback in the draft. Um, and you work that way, or maybe you just get taste him a backup quarterback and see how he does, and give him the year. And if it doesn't work out, hit the draft again. Yeah, I feel like that's a thing. I love Zach Wilson. Like I think he's a guy that has all the intangibles. I think that he has to go into the right system, and I think Sean Payton is the right system for him. And he's a guy that I can see having a ton of talent. And I know people were talking about on Twitter, like maybe giving up Lattimore and your first rounder, try to trade up and get him. That's now like. It's interesting to see what you can do there. Um, I, I feel like that's another, like, if you're going to give up Lattimore to get Watson, would you give up Lattimore to then go get a young quarterback in the draft? I think it's interesting, but I don't see the Saints doing that either. And then, like, as I said, like, you can always, like, if it doesn't work out with any of these quarterbacks, I feel like more Winston if you start him, because I feel like if he is a bust, I feel like the team does worse. I feel like with Hill, he probably won't be, you know, he won't be a 30 interception guy. We know that. And I feel like he can come in here, like even if he was last year's level of, of play, the team went three and one, they'd probably go 10 and six around. They probably barely make the playoffs, probably, lose, probably make a wild card spot, lose the division. And then they'd, you know, whatever, maybe losing the playoffs, lose first round, lose second round. But then at that point, you're kind of in the exact same spot we are now. So that's something that I think is interesting. But again, we're going to have to see how it all plays out. I mean, for me, my wish list is Stafford, then Winston, and then finish it out with Taysom. That's what I think right now. That's something that, I mean, I would love to see um, Stafford in there. I'd even like to see Winston, just me being curious. And Hill, I mean, I'd be even curious to see Hill, I mean, to see what he how he progressed. Because, I mean, if Hill progresses, you could see him being on that Lamar Jackson path, just being really good. I mean, that's just kind of what I think. It's weird. It's a we're in a weird spot. You know, we haven't had this situation in 15 yeah. years. Um, we don't we're not the Browns. You know, we don't we don't have to um, look every corner for a quarterback and strike out on multiple quarterbacks. And, you know, I feel like the Saints have possibilities in front of them. It's just the one they choose, you know, hopefully is the right one for the future. Like you said, if I had to choose, I would take Stafford over Jameis. Um, I'm not really worried about Taysom at the moment just because he's on contract with the Saints. Um, so you know, maybe pull him out of the equation for uh, now. Maybe Sean, maybe they call, maybe they call the Lions, see what they want. If it's not reasonable, make sure you sign uh, Jameis before you can walk. But if it is reasonable, maybe you can work out a deal to that Jameis comes back and learns under Stafford for a couple of years or something like that. But I, like I said, I, I would see that maybe not a possibility, but Jameis, there's not a lot of teams that there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, but I don't think there's a lot of teams that fit Jameis. Jags are going to go first round for a quarterback. Uh, the Dolphins still have two and a lot of draft capital, even if they wanted to get Watson. So, you know, like I said, it's a weird spot for us to be in, and it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks and just see how it all plays out. You know, I think the first domino to fall is Drew Brees' decision. That's what us Saints fans are waiting for is his decision, and you know, as I can see it as being at the end of the line for him. Um, you know, it's the first domino to fall, and then I think everything falls after that. And that's the first step the Saints should take in is securing a quarterback, at least for the 2021 season. One last point. You, you said about Winston, how a lot he doesn't fit a lot of their teams. I feel like he would say, like, Teddy did the same thing because he could have been the Dolphins QB back in 20, uh, 
19. He could have been basically being the Fitzpatrick role right now. But he was like, I'd rather be under Drew Brees. If he gets hurt, I go in there. It's a, you know, it was a great business decision for him. He showed his, you know, with a great team, he showed basically the best he can be, and he got a big contract. Like, if you're Winston, would you go to a bad team just to be in a bad spot? Like, to me, I wouldn't do that. You can go right back to the Saints. You, and now this time, you're not even backing up Drew Brees. In all likelihood, you'll have a chance to start. And mm. you know that system well. I mean, that's why I feel like Winston, unless some team blows him out of the water, probably upwards of 20 million, 15 to 20 million, probably even more than that. I feel like 20 million, I think then he would start leaving. But I mean, 12 million to stay with the Saints, be in a good situation, or 16 to go to a bad team, I would pick the Saints. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're trying to invest yourself 12 million compared to 16 million, and you go off, and then you get 120 million. So that's just kind of where he is. And again, we'll have to see. As you said, the first domino was Drew Brees. And again, that is. Uh, kind of where we are with the quarterbacks. Joe, it was definitely really fun. That is going to wrap up the show. And where can they find you on social media and, you know, your work at Saints News? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at, at There Goes Joe. You know, I tweet out um, all of our intern stuff and our writer stuff. You know, check us, check us out at Saints News. Um, Andrew's a phenomenal host. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I hope to be back um, on your show sometime soon. We love talking Saints. Um, but check us out on Twitter. Check us out. Uh, check our workout. And yeah, we have fun talking and writing about the Saints. No, yeah, for sure. And uh, Joe just did a piece on top, I think it was top 10 moments of the uh, 2020 season and put out the number 10. So I checked that out. Really good stuff. Definitely, guys, uh, check out that whole series. He's going to be doing with uh, Brendan Boylan, who's a good friend of the show, and he's been on a few times. Uh, But uh, definitely really great stuff. And just how much, you know, with Saints News, I've learned and really had a fun time. And it's been great writing articles and uh, all that stuff. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Joe, for coming on the show. Turn it loose. And who dat?